And good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gents. This is your boy Casanova from Orlando, Florida, on this awesome international podcast, Good Wine and Great Laughs, Season 2, Episode 16. And today's topic is Accountability is on the Rise, thanks to the new United States Attorney General, Merrick Garland. And you know, shorter, ladies and gents, what type of wine I am drinking. So, ladies and gents, let's get this party started. Let's go! And ladies and gents, once again, this is your boy Casanova from Orlando, Florida, on this awesome international podcast, Good Wine and Great Laughs, Season 2, Episode 16, and the topic again is Accountability is on the Rise, thanks to the new United States Attorney General, Mr. Merrick Garland. And ladies and gentlemen, today is May the 8th. This beautiful Saturday right here is going to be another hot day in Orlando. It's going to be sunny day with the highs of 85, lows of 64 degrees, ladies and gentlemen. So once again, it's going to be another hot day right here in Orlando, the city beautiful. But before I jump right on the topic, ladies and gents, I will let you know the type of wine I am drinking here at Casa Casanova. And as promised, promised on the last episode, I told you guys I'll be bringing my favorite sangria. And the sangria is, this is a product of Spain. And it says right here that the real sangria, Cruz Garcia, is made by grape wine and natural citrus flavors serve cold the alcohol percent is not the highest like i like it but it's a sangria so i'm not expecting too much alcohol but it's 7.5 percent alcohol per volume and once again it is a product of spain the bottle has this kind of triangular shape and the label in the front is white and orange and say real sangria and there's a picture of you know some oranges some lemons and grapes so this is a good good sangria ladies and gentlemen. feel free to get it and i know for sure you're not going to be disappointed with this sangria so let me pour my glass Very, very, very good. And I also have here some mozzarella sticks wrapped on the sliced prosciutto to make this podcast mighty good, <clears throat> mighty delicious on this nice, awesome Saturday right here 
Ah, casa, casa nova. Let me have another sip of this sangria because it is delicious. All right. Mm-mm-mm. Love it, love it, love it. All right, ladies and gents, let's jump right on the topic. And the reason that I decide to talk about this topic is because it was happened this week, past week, on the news. And this is an article that I found. It wasn't the news, but I found this article very interesting that breaks down what is coming to the... Derek Chauvin's and his cronies. And this article was written by Adam Classpad and was published yesterday on this website uh, called lawandcrime.com. The article's topic is Federal Grand Jury Indicts Derek Chauvin and the three other ex-officers in on civil rights charge in George Floyd's death. And the article goes as, I quote, in the latest salvo by Attorney General Merrick Garland's emboldened the, the U.S. Department of Justice Civil Rights Division and ex-Minneapolis police officer and convicted murderer Derek Chauvin and the three other officers with him on the day George Floyd Jr. died in custody have been hit with the federal civil rights charge. Chauvin is also charged separately with another alleged civil rights abuse involving juvenile in 2017. And like I said before, man, this dude is a bad dude. And now the whole lot of stuff that he was doing prior to George Floyd's death and the department knew about his bad reputation, his bad behavior. For the record, continue the article, uh, unsealed on Friday, the first indictment states that Chauvin willfully deprived George Floyd of the right secured and protected by the Constitution and laws of the United States to be free from an unreasonable seizure, which includes the right to be free from the use of unreasonable force by a police officer. Especially, defendant Chauvin held his knee across George Floyd's neck and his right knee on Floyd's back and arm as George Floyd laid on the ground handcuffed and unresisting and kept his knees on Floyd's neck and body even after Floyd became unresponsive, the grand jury's charges. Chauvin was charged separately in another indictment for allegedly holding an an, unnamed juvenile by the throat and hitting that minor multiple times in the head with the flashlights. A second count claims that Chauvin held his knee on the neck and upper back of the 14 years old who allegedly was lying prone, prone, handcuffed, 
and unresisting. Both indictments were dated Thursday and were made public early Friday morning, yesterday. Federal prosecutors slammed Chauvin's colleague, Officers Tao, no, Tou Tao, and J. Alexander Quint for failing to intervene. Especially defendants Quinn and Thou were aware that the defendant Chauvin was holding his knee across George Floyd's neck as Floyd laid handcuffed and unresisting and the defendant Chauvin continued to hold Floyd to the ground even after Floyd became unresponsive and the defendant willfully failed to intervene to stop defendant Chauvin's use of unreasonable force. The indictment continues. The final officer, Thomas Lee, is charged with the deliberate indifference to Floyd, Floyd's medical needs. So are Chauvin, Tao, and Quinn. Chauvin's three colleagues appeared in the federal court this morning, yesterday, in the Minnesota on Friday morning, where Tao was released on the 25,000 bond. All three continue to face state charges related to Floyd's murder. Minneapolis, Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison welcomed the news of the additional federal charge. Federal, quote, federal prosecution for the violation of George Floyd's civil rights is entire, uh, entirely appropriate, appropriate, particularly now that, that Derek Chauvin has been convicted, convicted of murder under the Minnesota law for the death of George Floyd, he wrote in a statement. The state is planning to present our case against the other three defendants to another jury in Hennepin County later this summer. In the immediately wake of Chauvin State's court murder convictions, Garland remarked that the federal criminal probe against Chauvin has been ongoing as of the day of the state court verdict. The Attorney General announced a pattern on a pattern or practice practice investigation of the Minneapolis Police Department the following day, examining whether the department has potentially systematic issues involving use of, use of force involving people with their behavior, health, disability, and protesters. The Justice Department revealed on Friday it was far from done with its reaction to Floyd's death. On April 28th, the same day of the department died um, Ahmad Arbery's accuses <coughs> excuse me, murderers for the federal hate crime charge. The Minneapolis State Tribune reported that federal prosecutors would imminently ask a grand jury to consider civil rights charge against Chauvin, Tao, Quinn, and Lane. The indictments were filed on May 6th. 
citing sources familiar with the discussion, the State Tribune reported that the investigation was originally considered to be contingent plan to the state prosecutions in the event of Chauvin's full acquittal or mistrial upon which the officer would be arrested outside the courthouse. The backup plan would not be necessary, the Star Tribune noted when Chauvin was indeed convicted on state charge. One of the sources told the paper that prosecutors would move to the criminal case ahead to the grand jury for all four despite Shove's conviction conviction. Yes, and then you can right here, ladies, you can read they have the posted the whole information of indictment. And I'm gonna read some of them, I'm not gonna read the whole thing. Real, real, real quick. And states right here, the United States District Court, District of Minnesota, United States, the plaintiff verse versus Derek Michael Chauvin, Total, J. Alexander Quinn, and Thomas Kiernan Lane. Defendants, the United States Grand Juries charged that general allegation at all times relevant to this indictment. One, defendant Derek Chauvin was employed as the Minneapolis Police Department MPD officer and had held that position for more than 18 years. Pause right there. Ladies and gentlemen, keep it, I want you guys to think that how many, quote, crimes this man committed that was not noticed, that was not brought to light by the leadership of that department and by the other police officer that had him as a partner. I want you guys to think about that. Because thank God, through the camera and through social media, finally he got caught. Like I say, he already has now the thing of 2017, quote unquote, incident with a, a minor in 2017. So I just want you to think, I want you guys to think about what is under the rug. What uh, I want you to think about. All the other crimes that this dude committed, you know, that was not brought to light. And that's, that's the, the, the to me, is the main, main mystery. <laughs> Let me put it that way. The main mystery. Okay? And number two right here says, Defendant Tao was employed by the Minneapolis Police Department and had, had held that position for eight years. Defendant J. Alexander Quinn was employed by the Minneapolis Police Department. He began working in the Minneapolis Department in December of 2019. And Defendant Thomas Lane was employed by the Minneapolis Department, Police Department 
and he was working department since December 2019. George Floyd was a 46 years old, old, uh, old resident of St. Louis Park, Minnesota. And saying then done breakdowns on count one, and you now on about May 2020, May 25th, 2020, in the state and district of Minnesota, the defendant Derek Michael Chauvin. Now it breaks down basically what he has done and all the violation of the Title 18, United States Code, Section 242 and 2. Count 2, the provision of rights under the color of the law. And then comes now Tao and J. Alexander Quinn while in action under the color of law, willfully deprived George Floyd of the rights secured and protected by the Constitution and the laws of the United States to be free from unreasonable seizure. Specifically, defendants Quan and Thao were aware that defendant Chauvin was holding his knee across George Floyd's neck and Floyd lay handcuffed and unresisting, and that the defendant Chauvin continued to hold Floyd to the ground even after Floyd became unresponsive and the defendant willfully fa failed to intervene to stop the defendant Chauvin's use of unreasonable force. This offense resulted in the bodily injury and the death of George Floyd, all in violation of the Title 18, United States Code Section 242, Count 3, Deprivation of Rights Under the Color of Law. And break down right here, all four of them, you know, stating that while acting under the color of law, <coughs> color of law willfully deprived George Floyd of the rights secured protected by the Constitution and laws, all laws of the United States, not to be deprived of liberty without due process of law, which includes an arrestee's rights to be free from the police officer's deliberate indif indifference to his serious medical needs. Specifically, the defendants saw George Floyd lying on the ground in clear need of medical care and willfully failed to aid Floyd, thereby acting with deliberate indifference to a substantial risk of harm to Floyd. This offense results in bodily injury to and the death of George Floyd. All in violation of the A Title 18, United States Code, Section 242, a true, true bill, and then has the name of the acting United States Attorney W. Anders Folk, and some other people that's supposed to sign this document, ladies and gents. So I am glad that this our attorney general is doing the right thing and is going by the book. No time for shenanigans. No time 
for no, no sense. You do the crime, you do the time. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter who you know. All the people they have contact with, he's just throwing the book on the behind. And I love it. I love it. And I love it. On that note, ladies and gents, your boy Casanova is going to take a quick, quick break. I know you can't get enough of this outstanding podcast, but your boy needs a quick break, and I come back shortly. Boy Casanova on the second and final block of this outstanding podcast, Good Wine and Great Laughs. And ladies and gentlemen, I found this interesting article. As a matter of fact, it's going to be aired on CBS News, an interview with the lovely former first, first lady, Michelle Obama, that she was talking about the case of the Chavez verdict. And all the details. So you can turn it, turn your TV on the Monday on the CBS Morning Show. I don't know what time it is, but probably it's going to be early in the morning, I, I guess. But you can check that out, and she's going to have a whole interview of things that she's doing related to different areas, a TV show that she has for kids, and yada yada yada, and also talk about the. <clears throat> Verdict, but it's the article say right here that I found on CBS News that was published uh, on Friday, and the article goes by Michelle Obama's on what comes after Chavez's verdict, and the article goes as I quote: After four Minneapolis police officer Derek Chavez was convicted of murdering George Floyd. Former First Lady Michelle Obama and former President Barack Obama issued a rare statement on the verdict. Mrs. Obama told CBS this morning that she and her husband felt compelled to speak out. To speak out. Quote, the goal is to let leaders lead, but in certain times, People, you know, look to us often. Well, what do you think? <clears throat> How do you feel? Mr. Obama told CBS this morning anchor Gail King when asked about the verdict. The Obamas released a statement after the verdict saying the Minneapolis jury did the right thing in convicting shopping but noting that true justice is about much more than a single verdict in a single trial. We know that we are breathing 
a sight of relief <clears throat> over the verdict. There is still work to be done, and so we we can't short of say, great, that happened, let's move on. Mr. Obama told King, I know that people in the black community do not feel that way because many of us still live in fear. Mr. Obama said many black Americans experience fear as they grocery shop, they walk their dogs, and drive. She expressed more about her own daughters, Sasha and Malia. Quote, every time they get in the car by themselves, I worry about what assumption is being made by somebody who doesn't know everything about them. The fact that they are good students and polite girls, but maybe they are playing their music a little loud. Maybe somebody sees the back of their head and make, makes an assumption, she said. The innocent acting of a license put fears in our hearts. I think we have to talk about it more. And we have to ask our fellow citizens to listen a bit more and to believe us and to know we don't want to be out there marching. I mean, all those Black Lives Matter kids, they would rather have not to worry about this. They are talking to the streets because they have to. They are trying to have people understand that, that we are real folks and the fear that many have of so many us of us is irrational and it is based on the history that is just it is sad and it's dark and it's time for us to move beyond that Ms. Obama also discussed her continued advocacy for the issues she championed while in the White House and she is now the executive executive producer of a Netflix show, Waffles and Mochi, a children's program that focuses on teaching kids the value of healthy eating by sharing stories and traditions from around the world. On the CBS this morning, on Monday, so you can watch the whole thing, like I say, on Monday, ladies and gents, Mrs. Obama will reveal Waffles and Mochi's next adventure. Adventure. King sat down with the, her in Washington, Washington, where she explained why she's so excited about her upcoming initiative with the Partnership for a Healthier America and her ongoing mission to ensure all families have access to health food. So. Like I say, ladies and gentlemen, you feel feel free This agree is really, really good. You need to, I mean I'm I'm tell you, you're gonna love it, ladies and gentlemen. You're gonna love this agree. Anywho, she is right on top of you now her show going back to the mission that she used to have as a first lady as a healthy 
Habits Healthy America. You know, it's very interesting. So like I say, ladies and feel free to turn in your TV on that channel so we can watch all the her interview. And my final thoughts on this case of this police officer, ladies and gents, and I told you before, and I'm going to say it one more time. You know, you do the crime, you do the time. They deserve to be convicted, and they deserve, all four of them, to stay in jail for life. Because that's the thing, all right? George Floyd is dead. The only thing that's left is the memory that the, his family has, his family has, you know, and that's it. He's gone. Only pictures, maybe videos, and whatever is, is, is the, the memory they have. There's no more George Floyd. Now, to me, it doesn't make any sense on any murder case. If you kill somebody, you need to be in jail for the rest of your life. Because you do not deserve the luxury. I don't care if you have bad behavior and good behavior in jail. No, you do not have the luxury to live your life, a normal life, you know, as a free person on this earth. Meanwhile, whoever you killed is gone. So all four of them, in my personal opinion, they deserve to, to give the highest the highest, 40, 50, whatever, the highest is case charge that they can get, that's what they need to get it. You know, and I know for sure, I hope, I hope that they're going to dig in on his history, shove his history for 18 years and find out all his dirty laundry and bring that to light because he needs to be charged for all the shenanigans that he has done that's in the dark that need to come to light, ladies and gents. I definitely want to see that come through. Because, like I say, you do the crime, you do the time. So, you put too many people in jail, you abuse your badge, now it's come for you. Because I say once, I say twice, and I'm always going to say that because karma is a bitch. And when she come for you, you know that's a bad boy's bad boy. What you gonna do? <laughs> now, homeboy, it's coming to you. So now embrace the suck, you know, because you deserve everything that's come after you. You deserve it. You are ripping what you sow. And on that note, ladies and gents, I'd like to thank all of you people listening to this awesome and international podcast. Please keep sharing with all your friends and family. Good wine and great laughs podcast is come all the way from the bottom, moving straight to the top, aiming to the number one spot. Feel free to visit my website, goodwinegreatlabs.wordpress.com. Dot com and leave a comment on each episode you listen to it. And I'd like to give a shout out to all the mothers because tomorrow is Mother Day. Mother's Day. I wish you a blessed Mother's Day to all you ladies. Once again, this is your boy Casanova 
Please be safe, be kind, and be blessed. Let's get out of here. Enjoy your weekend. Push your mouth back like a push out on the